Hello, my fantastic faction of followers, fans, and freaks of fun and Fanacom festivities. I am Ziploc Bob, one of the two hosts of Sequel Syndrome Podcast, a talk show where we talk about video games, their culture, design, and psychology. Now she'll pass you over to our master of ceremonies, our commandant of commemoration, and a generally all-around good guy, the Zez! Yeah, you didn't mess it up. <laughs> And I even ad libbed too. I'm yes, you proud did. of myself. <laughs> it sounded like you were about to mess up, and then you kept, and then you caught yourself. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, like, no, I'm, I'm, I can, I'm, I'm going to take a governmental approach. I can not confirm nor deny these claims or allegations at this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we we're talking about procedurally generated. Procedural generation in games, and for this reason, we brought somebody who's played a little bit of Binding of Isaac. So let's welcome Angry Hippie Lady. How's it going? Hi, a little Hi. bit. Oh, <laughs> just a little. Just yeah, you, you, you can't start the podcast without getting under somebody's skin by saying a little bit of a game. Yeah, yeah. When we say a little bit, it's kind of like how you know sports athletes in the '80s just did a little bit of coke. <laughs> just, just a yeah. little. <laughs> yeah, that's that's getting closer to the fact of the matter. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> so, Hippie, what have you been playing lately other than Binding of Isaac? Oh, okay, so I have to exclude <laughs> that. Well, not much, no. Um, I mean, I've been playing other stuff. I've been playing Night in the Woods. I've been getting into ESO now. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of other indie games that probably nobody knows about. But, yeah. Try us. Try us. We're, you know me. You you know what you might actually know is that <laughs> Joe I don't even know how to say it. it's like Jotun Valhalla Jotunheim yeah yeah Our that's Jotun. it yeah okay yeah I just yeah. started it and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish it because it's too good for me <laughs> it that's one of those um it's pretty that's a, it is pretty that's one of those Dark Souls esque indie style games right yeah it, yeah it's very combat heavy like it's based upon timing hit. And like parries and stuff, from what I remember about it. Yeah, um, it's it's very you you have to time everything just right, and I am not a careful person. I know I play Isaac, but <laughs> there is nothing finesse about me. Um, you are the human embodiment of a brute force attack. Yes, I. I <laughs> that's why I do so good with tanks. If I cannot tank, I cannot do good. Uh. Yeah, where um, I, I've I've never been that guy. I've always been the DPSer, and same. That's why uh, I, I feel so much pressure when playing other roles, healer and tank myself. Yeah. So. it's like just let me focus on the damage and like get the healer to res me because I'm going to die. It's just a fucking eventuality. Um, that's why I don't play hardcore on games that are like Diablo, or I've been playing more of the Helsing. F- Adventures of Van Helsing Final Cut. And fun fact about that game. It's all the game, it's both games and the DLC all rolled into one. Okay, so it's both games. So we were talking about that last week. Yeah. So once I once I got this going, once I kind of got looking through guides and stuff, because I was, was using the guide for the first one to get me through. To like, with some of the crazy weird secrets that were like funny stuff like there's a cow with two heads that if you click on enough times it you realize it talks what? it doesn't just go it goes like moo moo okay leave me alone i mean moo <laughs> and then it breaks into um then it breaks into that song <laughs> uh no that i'm not gonna quote <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, I've been playing that. I played some Payday 2 because I recently got that. Um, that's... I never thought robbing a bank would be so much fun. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say that when you're live. Well, I'm in, in game. He's not it's wrong. really fun. Because <laughs> um, here's the thing. I thought Payday 2 was like... It was... Released during a town where it's like military first person shooter, military first person shooter, and everything's brown and gray and more brown and grim dark and more military and more camo. And I'm like, I don't like those games. I don't. It's not for me. You know? Mm-hmm. 
Like, if I wanted to play military first-person shooter, I would do it in real life still. I wouldn't have gotten out of the army, I promise you. Um, which is funny considering I can brag that I played modern warfare while fighting a modern war for the time. Nice. <laughs> yeah, my next life goal is to play Lunar Lander on the moon. <laughs> or or Astroneer. No, specifically Lunar Lander for the Atari 2600. I mean, there's a Mars game too, isn't there? You could you could play it on Mars. Surviving Mars on Mars? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> While reading The Martian and watching the movie all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> just, have three, yes. just have three scenes set up. Uh, if I had enough money to send my butt to Mars, I'm pretty sure I had the money for a, a three-monitor setup. <laughs> that being said, uh, yeah, I can't think of anything else I've been playing. Uh, did dabble in Payday 2. It's very interesting. I do... I cannot not wait until I can play more and be able to talk about it actually in depth. Because it seems promising. It's not the it's not the shooty bang bang thing I thought it was going to be. It's a different type of shooty bang bang. That being said, Zez, what have you been playing, man? I've been playing more of my usual stuff. Um, they are billions, Dead by Daylight, um, NHL eighteen. I started playing Darkest Dungeon last night. Last night or the night before? Do you get no. all the DLCs? No. <laughs> I don't have any of the DLCs, I don't think. I've had the game for a little bit. I haven't delved into it too much, though. Okay. Um, as someone who's played it and beat it, just fair warning, just get pre- be prepared to sl- be slapped around. Mm-hmm. I, I figured that out when I, when I played it. Mm-hmm. It didn't take too long before, you know, I had my characters attacking each other. Like, uh, calm yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Like, see, it's not the characters dying that is the hard part. It's like, no, it's keeping them sane enough to be useful. Right. I've also been streaming uh, Nino Kuni 2, The Revenant Kingdom, which has so many systems for an, for an RPG in it. Mm-hmm. It's got kingdom building. It's got traditional like anime JRPG stuff going. It's got skirmish battles where you take like an army of, of your generals around. Mm-hmm. I saw you do that. I'm just yeah, like... It's got th- Dear God, at the systems like, <laughs> like it has like like the has an RTS mini game and like a yeah. city bit mini game and like a, like you could use that to introduce someone to about seven different genres of games at the same time. Right, and it's got one of those very um, whimsical stories to it. Well, similar to like a similar to like a Studio Ghibli kind of thing. Well, Studio Ghibli did help make it. The first one. No, not no. the second one. Well, I thought they were involved on the second one as well, on the art direction at the very least, still. The art direction, maybe, but I know they had an impact on the story in the first one. Yeah. Because the first one was really, one. really that way. And that's just keeping your brand. And thank you to our viewers for the 10 biddies. Thank you, Cricket. Speaking of which, let's move on to our wonderful sponsors. First up is Gatherbot. It's one of our first unofficial sponsors. Gatherbot by Opera Event is the bot that we use to fund the show. So you can use free tips, mobile game, so where you can do mobile games, donations directly to us, and you can just play around with our bot. Uh, one of our the key commands is exclamation point daily to where you get free daily whatchamahoosits to play with every day. Secondly, we want to give a special shout out to everyone who cheers, subs, and uses Twitch Prime, as you just saw Cricket do with her cheers with the with the three leaf clovers? Yeah. Shamrocks. <laughs> Shamrocks. Um, we want to give a special thank you to all of them. We want to remind you that if you have Twitch Prime, which is now linked to Amazon Prime, you can you have a five dollar sub that you can get to any channel on Twitch that you would like to use it on. And fun fact, they appreciate it just a little bit more than the paid subs because we don't we actually get more from that because we don't have to worry about the credit card companies taking their cut. <laughs> so, yay! Lastly, this being the end of June when this is being recorded, 
our last time of mentoring this for, well, at least a little bit, our charity of the month, StackUp.org. Founded in 2015, StackUp brings both veterans and civilian supporters together through a shared love of video gaming through their primary programs. The Stacks, Supply Crates, the Air Assaults, StackUp Overwatch Program, or Stop for short. Uh, how about you cover the Supply Crates and I'll cover the Stop Program. Supply crates are care packages full of geeky and techy goodness sent to deployed service members to help them take their mind out of what they are dealing with in whatever they happen to be doing at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, it can be any sort of deployment, basically, whether uh, not necessarily always wartime. It can also include, like, say, um, they have human humanitarian deployments, and even those can be rough because you're away from your friends, family, all that you know and love, all that good stuff. And that does help. Also, there is the Stack Up Overwatch program, which is a program connecting veterans coping with PTSD, dealing with the general craziness that is transitioning to civilian life, or is just having a rough time with veteran and civilian volunteers called the Stop Squad. They are available 24-7, 365, and they're actually trained up in mental health. They're, all this is an effort to provide resources to promote mental health and suicide prevention. That being said, Hippie. Yes. What do you know of procedural generation games? Uh, well, considering I've put over a thousand hours into The Binding of Isaac, a little bit. <laughs> you, you know that much at least, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. With Binding of Isaac, if I remember... Now, Call me out if I get any of this wrong, because I've never actually played the game. Everything I know about it is from watching you and Rad. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I, I, I've played it, but I'm not good at Binding Isaac. <laughs> it's like, I, I know that the item drops are a random system, but they're, the items themselves weren't made by a random computer. Like, they were all handmade and stuff. But, like, right. the layouts of the rooms, that's The rooms are generated. random. The rooms are random. What items drop are random. There are certain item pools. So, like, there's a devil deal room, there's an angel room, and they have mm-hmm. certain pools. And then there's certain pools for secret rooms <laughs> and for the shops. So, in that sense, there there are, like, different groups of items, but they're still random. Um, where the secret rooms are random, uh, and just everything. Nice. And the only thing that is stable is the stats that are given by the items. Okay. So here's where we're going to have to like help define terms for people that are like, what's procedural generation? How is it different from this or this or that? Right? You have what's called randomly generated and procedurally generated. Right? Mm-hmm. Randomly generated is like how is like, you know, oh, which of these items that were made by an actual person is going to drop? Right? They throw a random number. They th- give one each value, and it's basically a dice roll. Weighted or, or otherwise. Yeah, or like in Dead by Daylight, which pallets are on the map and which ones aren't. Yeah. It's like the pallets themselves are made and placed by a human being. There's just an algorithm saying which ones get which, right? Right. Procedural generation is a little bit different. Is while there is, like, while the general shape of or while the general shape of the rooms might be made by a person, or a few different types of rooms might be made, then what happens is the algorithm... Hey, Bob. Check, chat. (laughs) Oh, lovely. (laughs) I knew I was forgetting something. I didn't I was, refresh, and so I, I didn't say anything because I was like, maybe it just never refreshed. I, I was thinking the same thing, so I just refreshed it and checked to make sure. Yeah. Yay for editing. Yay. <laughs> Nothing ever happened. <laughs> Update information and refresh. Thanks again. Okay, so back from the top. Okay, how... um. Procedural generation is different. Is like say you create a system to where its entire or program towards entire point is to create the rooms that you're going to walk into, right? Mm-hmm. The rooms were not created by a human being. 
the rooms were like you loaded up a system with some art assets and some stuff to like hey this is how you build a room you tell it how what room what a room must have and what it and what it cannot have and how certain rooms are different from others right and it'll make rooms make the map layout from that right now i don't think all the rooms themselves are procedural generated but the map is like the layout because there are very particular rooms that you'll see multiple times throughout your time playing. And after you mm -hmm. put so many hours in, you start recognizing, okay, this is this room, this is how I need to fight it. <laughs> yep. That is definitely a pretty apt example. <clears throat> um, a game that has that's very similar to that is Enter the Gungeon, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it has a crap ton of weapons, however... The room, the map is procedurally generated. That how uh, people or how your enemies are placed or done randomly and all that. And the reason why, like a lot of people do this, is for one of two reasons. One is because it's a smaller dev team, or you're making such a big game that you need to procedurally generate items or or your map or whatever right and that can save a lot of time and money the problem of it is is when they go okay we use a bunch of procedural generated systems and it will make the game for us um it wasn't there a game that one of our friends streamed recently like that says uh, I think right uh, Yes, yeah, I believe it was it fingered to where you're just going. It was this person because like they'll. Yeah, it was. Uh, you're basically a uh, detective trying to figure out who killed somebody, and you have a witness with a lineup in front of them, and you got to eliminate the uh, suspects and and find the culprit. And the um, the witness will give you four clues, like this person's old. Uh, I think this person had hair on their arms, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you just gotta, and you just gotta um, eliminate people from the lineup and pick who who the killer was and execute them. Yeah, and like it's not a like there's no story, there's no nothing, and I think it's like a pretty cheap indie title. Yeah, it's a dollar fifty or something like that. Yeah, is that full price or sale price? Because that's full price. <laughs> oh, full price is like a dollar fifty. Yeah, and yeah. for a dollar fifty, that's perfectly fine. But, like, say, if you have an over-reliance of, like, these procedural systems on a game that's like, oh, we're going to, it's an indie title, and it's 20 bucks. I'm not going to be satisfied with that purchase. Personally. What about you, Hippie? I mean, no. I, I also would not be happy with that purchase. I would be very disappointed, and honestly, sometimes... Even though I didn't, I didn't even buy a part of the Binding of Isaac. But at times, I wish that I never had access to that game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that game is. You're like the game ruined my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like I was that, social before this game. <laughs> I think that's more of a video game addiction thing, but yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like. Going from top to bottom, from most expensive to least expensive, uh, when you when it comes to things that you could theoretically use this algorithm on, from most expensive, it's new zones, then new characters, and that includes enemies, whether they're unique or enemy types, NPCs, all of it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, new abilities, assuming you need to create a unique animation for a for a particle effect. For so, for example, you have a fire fire. You have a spell called attack orb. It shoots an orb of magic. Then you can make a fire version to where you have to add like flame particle effects, or an ice version to where you add like ice particle effects coming off of it. Yeah, to where you can you just make the particle effects and go okay, start fucking assigning shit, right? Yeah. Then you got new items that actually show up on the camera. This, uh, camera. Character. This is, you know, that's like in camera in some way, whether it be, uh, your armors, your 
weapons, your shields, like maybe say like if your stuff's so detailed to where if you change your necklace, that may count in a lot of games that I've played. You don't ever see the necklace equipment slot actually on the character itself, or the character model rather. Um, I mean, you still have to make like some sort of picture for it to show up in your inventory, but that's a whole nother ball wax. And the last two things that are about the same, they just kind of take up two different ways of looking at it, is abilities that have minimal to no animations. So stuff like stone skin, I turn my stone to s or my skin to stone to where I am tougher to get messed up. Yeah, uh, much, much much higher defense kind of thing. Yeah, or like, you know, a passive ability to where all it does is boost a stat. And lastly, items that do not show up on the character. Rings, necklaces, um, if you make it to where no matter what you equip to your characters, your character's look doesn't change, that can actually even include your arms and armor. Because there are games that still do that when they're yeah. more of a... Uh, like 2D based sort of thing. Uh, well, um, it's not procedurally generated, but games that are, you know, like you know, Kuni that I'm playing, you equip characters with different items. It doesn't really change what they're wheel, what they're wearing, what they're wielding. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is like procedural generation doesn't have to be used by itself, right? You can use procedural generation to make a shit ton of stuff and then go, okay, I want to use this, 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 and this, and I'm going to tweak all of it to where it feels a little bit more custom. If that makes sense. Like, I'll, if you... Wait, Hippie, you played Diablo, haven't you? I played Diablo 3, yeah. Yes. So you're familiar with how there's a lot of weapons you can't use because they're fucking useless at your level? And also how that I can get an item the first try and you had to spend two weeks to try and get a very rare item and then you made a thing for me and I didn't tell you that I had the item that you were trying to get mm -hmm. until after you made it and mm. yeah. Well, yeah, I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Screw you. Um, uh, like the thing is, is how that works is they make... Like most, they go, okay, we're going to make a sword. Hey, program, make a thousand variations of a sword item, right? Then they go in and, like, and here's all the images you need, blah, 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 and they feed that beast and they come up with a bunch of generic swords. Then they went through and went, okay, we're going to make all the legendaries by hand as far as the stat ranges it can drop at as and its flavor text, or also known as a description, and blah, 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 right? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Path of Exile does that. Yeah, like even Diablo One does that. Like that is a very big ARPG trope, something you have to do. Yeah, well, there'll be like there'll be like two or three different statistical variations of that item. Yeah, kind of deal. Here's how you don't do that, because if you do, if you do it the way I'm about to say, hey, if you, you know, blah blah, blah sort of thing, it's going to suck as far as the player experience. When it's like, okay, if it's a regular version of this, it gets these stats. If it's a, like, basically you add a percentage grading to the rarity and it doesn't feel unique. It's like, oh, it's a legendary sword. It's like every other legendary sword of its level. Because they're all about the same powerful. One's just dex-based, the other one's strength-based, the other one's blah, blah, blah. Right? And it doesn't have any game feel to it and it or not even game feel it just doesn't actually feel special or legendary it just feels like oh this is a strong sword I'll keep it until I get something better which will happen um, I'm trying to re remember the name of the game it's in my steam library talk it through Talk it through. Steam, 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 steam. <laughs> not, not like that. No. <laughs> I, I don't think that's what he uh, meant. <laughs> Torchlight. Torch, the first Torchlight does that shit. And I ripped that game a new asshole. Because, listen, a game can be a lot of things and still review well. 
There's one thing a game cannot be and still review well, and that's boring. I never felt like I was getting more powerful. I disagree with that. Games can absolutely be boring and be reviewed well. Okay, it can't be reviewed by me well and me just go, wow, this feels boring and tedious. That's... That's a different story. That's mm-hmm. a different story. Your own personal guideline for it. But if you talk to people who like review Walking Sims, Walking well, Sims might not be very really good. A Walking Sim can be boring to me, but I still go okay. If somebody for a Walking Sim, if somebody if it like tells a decent story or shows me something interesting, that isn't boring. It can absolutely be boring, though. <laughs> I mean, well, I think if they're gonna give it a good review, it can't be boring to them. It might be boring to one of us, and then it still has good reviews by somebody else. Maybe that's what you mean. Yeah. I don't know. That's well, more along the lines of what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But I'm no, I'm just saying like this, like for anybody who has ever played any action RPG, like Diablo-like game of any merit or worth. This one feels really fucking boring. Because there's... Like, you have the very bare minimum basic blocks. But there's no hook. There's no reason for me to be invested. Because even the story, I think, was written by algorithm. Because <laughs> it was really cookie cutter. Uh, that, that seems like a bad approach to storytelling. I can see how you would do that, especially well, uh, especially it, for side quests. It probably quests. actually wasn't, but at the same time, it really felt that way because it was a typical, you need to go to the bottom of this dungeon and clear out whatever's causing all these problems in this town. I'm like, the giant rat. I've heard this somewhere before. <laughs> Wait, I know where I've heard this. The same place that most of these fuckers worked at. Diablo. Half of the dev team that worked on the first Torchlight worked on the first Diablo. And it was like literally just a kid-friendly version of Diablo just scaled down horribly. And I'm just like, nope, I can't. I kept on hearing some wonderful things about this. Why? Why am I here? And we've had this this, uh, this, um, toned-down games... Before with with Stacy Kruger on, so let's just get off of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and it wasn't the problem. wasn't that it was just toned down. It was just like there's nothing here, you know. And that's the problem. Like, if you don't, as like a developer, if you don't take time to flesh things out, you're going to have something that feels very vacant for lack of a better word. Like, it doesn't feel like a world that's been lived in. Right. But, yeah. But, one of the biggest things I found is, like, you know, even if a legendary isn't great, or even if I cannot use it, if your legendaries typically actually mean something, there's that moment when you're like, oh, I got a legendary. Ah, oh, crap, I can't use that. But that's a, see, that, that's a reaction. That's good. You can work with that, right? At least, like, I got excited for a moment, even though it was a letdown because my character can't use it, someone else's can. Unless it's like a joke item, like, seriously, there's a weapon called the Bunny Slayer Sword. And Van Sounds Helsing. Sounds like it's perfect for you. Yeah. So I think Bob's just gonna go around killing Easter bunnies. One of the, one of one of the tougher enemies in the game is actually a little white rabbit. Straight nope, from Monty Python. It. Don't get near it. <laughs> don't no no. I've seen what happened. Follow him. Follow him. <laughs> no, it just straight out attacks you, and you have to kill it. And it's not the first time you run into that thing. The first time you run into it, it's a joke. It's the second time you're like, oh. Um, I need to back away and do the distance game with this thing and keep on doing poison damage to it. I mean, all you need is a hand grenade from Antioch. That you're has been blessed. Yes. You're, you're a monster poisoning rabbits. Mm-hmm. See, now, that rabbit just it just wanted to cuddle, but no, <laughs> you had to go and poison it and hurt its little feelings. Its the little prob- funny feelings. The problem was it wanted to cuddle my face off. 
with his teeth. <laughs> He's just showing you how much he cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or she cares. I, I don't it's, know. It's with love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's too many dirty jokes here for me to even break apart. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I just, I feel like in a candy kid and kid story. I'm like, ooh, uh, uh. Mm. <laughs> Wait. Remind me, I want them all. But yeah, like, but there's like a lot of games with procedural systems done right. Uh, Zaz knows one Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy, yeah. I, I, uh, I've played it, haven't got that far into it. That's the Rogue Legacy is the one where you play as a knight and. You're going through, it's a side-scroller, and if you die, you come back as an offspring? Yes. With yeah. random stats, and you get to pick which one of the three. Right, like if, if you're colorblind, it'll be in black and white, for example. Uh, there's one, uh, my, fa- my favorite one is dwarfism, because you have a tiny sprite, meaning you're harder to hit. But then there's another one that I'm just like, yep, I'm going to die quickly. And I had a situation where I had no choice but to pick someone with it. Where basically they flip the screen upside down and you got to play like that. That sounds familiar. I don't remember which one that was. It's not fun. That's happened to me, though, I think. What, flipping the screen upside down? I mean, that happens in Saints Row 4, I think. Something similar to that. Yeah, 2D side-scroller, they flip the screen upside down, and the controls follow suit. So you're just like, ah. Yeah. But, like, you know, you can have a lot of good experiences with these type of games. Like, I really enjoyed Darkest Dungeon. Mm-hmm. And the RNG is strong with that game. Yes, it is. Uh, you were saying, Hippie? Uh, I was going to say, you can have a lot of fun with these games, but you can also have a lot of terrible, terrible times. Yeah, because sometimes that, that when it's like everything's procedural generated, it's dropping nothing but crap that's fucking me up. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've played The Binding of Isaac and I've gotten the Butterbean and then the Black Bean and then, like, Mega Fart or something. It was something like that. But basically all these items, they just kind of put out a poison gas or if something gets near you or something hits you, it makes you fart or whatever. It's a very gross game. Um, And so, like, that's all I got and I died because that sucks but then the next game I get like some of the best items that give me damage up and health and all this stuff and so you can have a really terrible time in these in these types of games yeah like with was it a lot of roguelike games how good your run is is really RNG for the most part like yeah, you mm-hmm. can be skill can help you out a lot, but RNG can over screw your skill. Or you could be like me, to where I'm just waiting for that one good RNG like love fest to happen, to where I can finally say I beat Enter the Gungeon once. <laughs> you just have not beat that game? Nope, because I only play it for like a little bit here, a little bit there. Then I won't play it for like a month. Games yeah. like Enter the Gungeon, you cannot play very often. Because otherwise, it will it will give you a heart attack at our age. <laughs> I, I, I had my rage fest for the month yesterday. Oh, I don't no. know. I don't know. I, th- I think you guys get too emotional. <sighs> um, Zez, you do know um, who you are talking to, right? Yeah. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only gonna talk to Bob now. Just, I'm just gonna. <laughs> well, uh, hey, I'm just saying. What do you call me, Bob? Just saying. Zez is the Zen master of chill. <laughs> I have told him that to his face quite a few times. 
We balance each other out. He's none of the rage. I am all the rage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Bruce Banner. You're the Hulk. Basically. I mean, do you not play ragey games? Like, how how do you not get mad? (laughs) I I think he just doesn't give a shit. (laughs) How? Like, he gets mad, but then he he turns it into, okay, I'm going to get this guy now. Nope, nope, I'm getting him. This is personal, dang it. Yeah, have you ever seen Dead by Daylight? That's exactly how it goes. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't go. He he's not like me or like an older. I, I still I rare, don't do it as often, but I don't turn into the ah motherfucker. I am going to fuck his face with his face as much. Wait. Sorry, I had to think about like how that would work for a second. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, have, you, have you ever seen Face Off? That's how that would work. Uh, I would rip the skin off his face, which may, would make mean technically he has two faces, the face in my hand and what's left of his face, and <laughs> fuck his face with that face. Got it. Okay. It would look like a soggy towel. <laughs> it, would, it would look like cherry jello covered in ketchup. It would look like a Character from Binding of Isaac is what it would look like. Actually, I yeah. Super Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're back on topic. <laughs> it comes full circle sooner or later. Uh, yeah. But, like, you know, there's. I think procedural generated game content is a great thing. It's done a lot of great things for the AAA space. Um. But I see a lot of indie devs, especially the smaller indie devs, using it as a crutch versus a tool. Mm-hmm. Like they get a little too reliant on it because they're like, we want to make all this content, but... But we don't have the money. We don't have the people or the money or the time, Right. Right. And so, like, we can, so we can circumvent some of that problems if we just make it procedurally generated. Yeah, and there's no, and that's fine that they decide to you know try to solve that problem with procedural generation, but you need to have a coder come back through and tighten things up and make it feel more purposeful. If that makes sense, it has to be cohesive. Yeah, like I don't care if I have a thousand different swords to pick from. I'd rather have three cool swords to pick from than three cool swords and a hundred not-so-cool swords and about a nine hundred more sucky swords. You know? That's a lot of swords. That's too many swords. You only need one to kill somebody. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Speaking from experience, <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like wait, wait a minute. It's like it's like the Oprah of swords, and you get a sword, and you get a sword, and you get a sword. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, like uh, in Borderlands, there's a line when you start like chain killing people as the commando, and it's like, and you get a bullet, and you get a bullet. Everybody gets a bullet. Uh, I always giggled when that came up. <laughs> it's around the same area that the uh, Minecraft area in Borderlands is. That I was able to trigger that uh, pretty consistently with all the uh, little bug beetle thingies. But yeah, uh, procedural systems, they're fun. They're awesome. They can feel a little gamey. So, you know. Another reason they do it, and this is something me and Zez has argued back and forth all of the time. It's like, well, it's like one of the reasons they do it. It's like, we we want to chase perfect balance, right? Like, however balance is achieved in any game is completely up to the dev. But perfect balance does not exist. Mm-mm. Like, if perfect balance exists, Street Fighter would figure it out by now. Because... That is probably the idea behind perfect balance and everything being tournament ready and blah blah blah. Evo kind of shapes their fighting 
big fighting games towards chasing that dream harder than others. But, you know, there's no problem with, like, a game having a game-breaking combo or two that still makes it a fun game to fuck around with. Look at Dynasty Warriors. That is pre- that is mash attack to win the game series. Yes, it is. I was, and, I was wondering where you were going with that. I'm like, do you do anything other than just mash the button in that series? No. That game is broken, and it's awesome for it. But like, no, you know, yeah, but it's it's spun spinoff series such as like Hyrule Warriors. Oh no 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 no! Dragon Quest Warriors. Let, let's go with the self-contained spinoff series. You have Dynasty Wars, Dynasty War Empires, Dynasty War Legends, then the spinoff series such as Dynasty War, Dynasty War or Gundam Warriors one, two, and three, uh, Hyrule Warriors, and all the other stuff. Thank you. Like, it's kind of insane on how much is out there as when it comes to, uh, like, how many spinoff games it has. And it's a fun series. What? I, yes, I just reached out into the ether and brung in a sandwich. No, that's not what I was, that's not what I was shocked about, Bob. <laughs> okay, moving on, because it just went over my head. No, I'm going to send it to you in a personal message here. All right. <laughs> that being said, <laughs> you're not the only one. <laughs> like, I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> it's okay. Nobody knows what's going on right now. But, like, what are some... That's actually a good question, though. But what games have you guys played that it's like the game's combat and stuff is broken? And you do realize I can't like see that because I can't switch, right? That's why. Okay. <laughs> but like, there's like this game-breaking combo that's basically is a win. I win button, or it's like there's some way to where it makes the game super easy. But the Copy. game's still fun. Hmm? Guppy and the Binding of Isaac. Every game, I look for Guppy items, because I know that if I get Guppy, I'm going to win the game. Hmm. That's it. Game over. What does it do? Okay, so um, basically you have to pick up at least three Guppy items. Uh, you could get Guppy's head, which is a usable item. When you press spacebar, you get three or so flies that just appear. Um, that go and attack things eventually. Okay, I've, then, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, and then you can get Guppy's Collar, which uh, give, which might bring you back to life if you die, but it's random chance. Then there is Guppy's Body that gives you nine lives. And then there's Guppy's Tail that gives you a higher chance of golden chest drops. But if you get three of those, then you become Guppy, which then every time you hit an enemy, you get flies that will then attack other things in the rooms. And it makes you fly. That sounds way <laughs> overpowered. It is uh, very overpowered, and every single time I play the game, if I see a guppy item, I grab it immediately if I can. Hmm. Because it is so OP. There is no other combination that is as good as that one, and there's no other transformation that is nearly as good as that one. Yeah, considering it's only three items now, the drop, they probably chose to make those drop a little less often, you know? I mean, they're semi-rare, but I can also get Guppy, you know, a couple times in a stream sometimes. Mm. But once again, because it is random, I might not see a Guppy item for a few, you know, matches or for two whole hours of playing The Binding of Isaac. Or for but, a year. <laughs> yeah. There's that, too. Yeah, like, yeah, that's happened before. <laughs> yeah, those are dark times. Where you just Very have a dirge times. of that happening? Yeah, I, I mean, without that, it's still playable. The game is still playable. There are still good items to get, but that is easy mode. Without that the game you actually have to be good mm -hmm. you have to be good at the game without those three items 
which sucks because I am not. <laughs> You're better than I am at that game, so. Mm, Wait, enter the dungeon. <laughs> my my bit. If I can get through the first level and get the sling, uh-huh. I can. I know I can hit that. I can kill the boss without getting hit. Mm-hmm. Because basically, it's like you just you have to charge up the shot, hit it, and it does a nice chunk of damage to a boss. Right. I mean, I think in any game there's those crutch items that you, as a player, feel like you need. And maybe another player doesn't feel like they need the those items. And for, like, a nice room clearer, though, the blunderbuss or the, uh, the beehive. I remember you mentioning the blunderbuss. I don't remember you mentioning the beehive, though. You shoot... Bees that home in and hit something three times. Bees. Okay, I'm sorry. Just made me think of Bio- or Bioshock, and <laughs> and just like the bees. Um. Oh God, what was it called? The bees meme. Yeah, it's just like bees going everywhere. I use that so much until it uh, attacked a big daddy. It's kind of like murder of crows. Mm. Mm-hmm. Such a, like you know, and like. There's no problem with making a balanced or trying to make a balanced game. However, fun fact, every game is every game is unbalanced in some way because it's impossible to, right? right. There's going to be some sort of oversight where you're you're not going to be at perfect balance. So, might as well at least have fun with it, right? Right. Uh, Zez, got any thoughts on that? Not really. Cause, yeah, because earlier we were like, we were. He was like, I was talking about perfect balance, and I wasn't specifying that. And he thought I was getting on the devs for like how they balance their game. I was like, no, they can. No, I agree with you on that. It's the perfect balance that. No, oh, that shit does not exist. Well, no. I mean, nothing can be done perfectly. It's impossible. Well, yes and no. Like, some of it's just like, okay, it's a math equation. Make everything symmetrical. In some Mm. ways, that's not going to work. Right. And that's where we get trickies, where we try to make interesting play and have all these variables, and it's like, yeah... I'm pretty sure these sandwiches are going to give me a heart attack one of these days. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah, you, you should. But it looks so good. I'm so jealous. <laughs> it, it's pepperoni, salami, ham, lettuce, um, those pepper CD pickles, or pepper, those little picker, pickled peppers. <laughs> Did you pick up. A- <laughs> I can't even do it. Okay, Peter Piper. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've, I've had that. And it's on <laughs> ciabatta bread, and it's got mozzarella. You know, part of me, I was a little jealous there, and then I remembered I have pizza waiting for me. So, I'm are you kidding asking- me? I'll throw some uh, spaghetti sauce on this and heat it up. It is a pizza sandwich. You're like, damn, he's right. <laughs> All right. So, Hippie, here's your five minutes of fame. Oh, no. <laughs> Tell all the lovely people where to find you. Okay. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash angryhippielady. You can find me on on Twitter. I am at angryhippielady there as well. Um, and, and that's about it. I mean, I, I upload my streams to YouTube. I'm currently not doing anything there. Um, and I have a Discord, but, you know, that's, that's that. Aren't you, I, I don't the, do... uh, aren't you also on the Bottle Heart Gaming stream team? Uh, I was. I was. Ta- I decided to take a break for the summer because I am trying to get full-time at work, and hopefully I can come back to that soon. 
Um, but that was a lot of fun, and I miss doing it, and I miss talking to the people that do it too. Yay! <laughs> well, two yeah. of them are right here, so. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, that being said, I have about to say that being Zed, and I'm like, Lord Zed? <laughs> I need to watch Power Rangers again. Um, Lord Zed with the giant Z on his staff. Yes. <laughs> I just want his staff for me. <laughs> this this says was a Buck Bob. Yes. What are you talking about? This but, is not a prop. <laughs> no, Bob cannot have a staff because he would get. He, someone would just do something dumb and he would whack him on the head. Like, it, it's not a question of if he would do it. It's I would not whack them on the head. Yes, you would. I would <laughs> whack him across the spine. Full, okay, full on still. baseball. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers pizza. <laughs> Lovely. But yeah. But yeah, I'm Ziploc Bob. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Ziploc Bob. You can find Zez over at twitch.tv slash the underscore Zez. And, um, what was it? At the underscore Zez on Twitter or just. Yep. Okay. For a second, I was like, wait, is it one word or is it underscore there? No, it's un underscore there. And, uh, yeah, you can also find me on Twitter, at ZipluckBob. And this will be live in two weeks from now over at uh, YouTube.com slash Gaming. So, it's been fun, and I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>